Welcome to the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast, where we invite you into a journey of healing and personal transformation that will radically change your divorce experience, heal your heart while refining your character, and set you up to be effective and feel empowered as you navigate the practical and emotional challenges of divorce. I'm your host, Karen McMahon, founder of Journey Beyond Divorce. My divorce brought me to my knees, and it also transformed me and set me on this path to help you. Our team of JBD coaches support men and women to engage in divorce with more calm, clarity, and confidence. Through our one-on-one coaching, group programs, online courses, and free resources. It's high conflict, but it's underground. Passive aggressive is not an oxymoron. It, it, it is possible to actually behave both ways at the same time. And that's where the confusion can start to happen with the other person. And so the person is not being cooperative if they're being passive aggressive. They are engaging in conflict with you and they are really trying to put as many roadblocks in the way as possible for the process to move along smoothly or cooperatively. Welcome to JBD Team Talks with your host, Karen McMahon. During Team Talks, you get a chance to meet our JBD coaches as we discuss challenges and difficulties that are common to everyone facing divorce and provide you with tips and strategies to help you master the art of managing your thoughts, calming your emotions, and intentionally choosing your responses. And now for today's topic. Welcome back to another episode of JBD Team Talks. I'm here with Rachel today. Hey, Rachel. Hi. How are you? I am good. And today's topic is a really important one. Today, we're discussing managing the challenges of a passive aggressive spouse. And many of you listening uh, may have other titles for your spouse, but uh, what we're going to do is describe what passive aggressive behavior looks like, um, how it feels, uh, the emotional mental impact that it has, and what you might tend to do, and some tips and strategies for how to navigate this personality uh, better. And so, Rachel, I'm going to let you kick it off. Take it away. Sure. So I'm so glad that Journey Beyond Divorce is offering this podcast because dealing with a passive aggressive soon to be ex-spouse can be super tricky because the behavior appears to be cooperative, but what the other spouse is usually picking up is some real covert hostility and resistance. And so we're going to give you these tips, as Karen said, and some of the signs of passive aggressive behavior, they may come up when deciding who's going to move out of the house, refusing to move out, changing your mind, not being responsive to emails. If you think things are moving along really well and they're not, um, 
anytime you feel like there are delay tactics going on or there's real blaming or the uh, your spouse is appearing to act very victimy and resentful but is saying the quote right words and acting nice that that those are some typical signs of passive aggressive behavior and i think that's what's so confusing because if if you're just like my my situation was more just aggressive behavior and so you're being yelled at you're being cussed at you know you have all, it's it's pretty crystal clear what's going on that this is high conflict but when you're dealing with um passive aggressive to your point rachel sometimes the words coming out of their mouth are not aligned with their actions. And, and it gets very confusing, it gets very confusing for the other person who's saying, well, well, am I crazy? And is it all me? And, and what we're going to get to in a little bit is what happens to you, which is when you do take the bait, you do end up looking like the more out of control one, because you're so frustrated and aggravated and your reaction can be uh, can be the more obvious problem, and we want to help you avoid that. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Be- this is a form of conflict, and this is a form of hostility. It's really important to remember that. Yeah, and so if we start going through them a little bit um, more slowly, uh, I- I've worked with clients where it's like the spouse will, you know, send emails that, you know, let's let's be cooperative. Let's co-parent. Well, let's you know, I really want to be on the same page as you. But then as soon as something comes up, uh, the behavior is quite to the contrary of that. And so it's like but he or she kept saying this thing. And yet that's not what you're experiencing. And to your point too, Rachel, uh, in all of the ways that you communicate and, you know, going through divorce, there are settlement negotiations, there are emails and texts and so many things going back and forth. So one thing is, as you said, to be non-responsive, uh, which is frustrating. That's gonna that's gonna really trigger you. And for those listening who are experiencing this, stop and think about uh, what goes through your head and what happens to you emotionally when uh, when you're when you're uh, getting the silent treatment or being ghosted or um, in a situation where you really need some communication and there's none coming from the other side, even though he or she said that they really do want to be so cooperative. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And that's a very typical type of dynamic around co-parenting with the passive aggressive co-parent. And then, of course, naturally, it's confusing. It creates a lot of resentment. It's very frustrating. And it's it's so important to keep those feelings in check, acknowledge them. But as soon as you begin to act on them, that's where the twisting starts to go on. And that's where that, that's exactly what the passive-aggressive soon-to-be ex-spouse is hoping for, because then it puts them back in the victim role, and you look like you're the hostile one rather than the opposite. And even that victim role is what I was going to bring up next, is um, a passive-aggressive is, is going to... Um, 
take the victim position and what's going to happen to you. And I coach my clients around this all the time. You're going to find yourself defending. And so you may be talking about topic A, they make this victim statement where it's your fault or you're at the causal point of their pain. And now all of a sudden, instead of talking about, you know, when Johnny's going to go to baseball, you're defending that, no, I don't do that. And that isn't true. And, and you're on the defense. And so one thing um, that we'll, we'll talk about in a few minutes when we get to tips and tricks is how to not defend, which I think is really very valuable. Not taking the bait that Rachel just said, where you're, you're, what happens when we take the bait, having been a recovering rageaholic, um, your, the, the pace of your voice, the tone, the volume, all of them go up and you start looking like this high conflict individual because you're just at your wits end. And, and we really want to help you nip that in the bud. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. One other piece here that I want to point out is that often if you're divorcing someone who's behaving passive aggressively, that person was probably behaving passive aggressively in the marriage. And so a pattern has in all likelihood developed and you are part of the pattern and and some of what happens in that pattern on the receiving end is a loss of confidence and trust of your intuition. And again, we're, it's, it's inconsistent, incongruent, the behavior and the words, and you start to believe the words rather than what your gut is telling you. So this is a great opportunity in the divorce process and after to begin to get back in touch with your gut and your intuition. And if the words sound nice and pleasant, but you are picking up hostility or the behavior is covertly hostile, trust your gut. Now don't act on it, as we've been saying in a negative way, but trust your gut so that at least you're stepping out of confusion and you have some clarity. Going through a divorce is challenging. It involves many issues, legal, financial, emotional, and social, and requires the guidance of a seasoned legal team to achieve optimal outcomes. That's the promise of Laufer, Delena, Jensen, Bradley, and Doran. Choosing the right family lawyer could be the most important decision you make in the divorce process. There's life after divorce, and Laufer's team helps you to get there. Providing options to mediate, arbitrate, collaborate, or litigate, the firm handles issues such as alimony, custody, child support, and equitable distribution. Each case is staffed with both a male and female attorney as their clients benefit from having both gender perspectives on their side, and that distinguishes their firm. You can get your free consultation today by calling 973-285-1444 and mention that you heard about them on the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast. Just running through that list of um, mental and emotional re, um, 
responses that you're going to have is, is going to make sense. And, and I agree with you. It's like, I, I say how, how one does something is how they do everything. And so uh, your soon to be ex didn't turn into a passive aggressive when he or she entered the divorce process. And so you've been in a dysfunctional dance and you have a part in that dance. You have steps in that dance. And that dance has been going on for probably a good chunk of your marriage. And so uh, when you start, you're going to have feelings like confusion. You're going to get anxious. You're going to get anxious because something isn't connecting. Your, your brain is going to be trying to compute something that doesn't make sense because it doesn't make sense. And that's what I think you're saying, Rachel, is that's where either you're going to listen to his or her words over your gut, which is going to bring your anxiety, tick your anxiety up, not down. Uh, and it's very easy when this happens and you're in the midst of all of the uh, big decisions and and changes of divorce that you would feel angry, that you would feel frustrated, that you would be scared, uh, that you would be really anxious. And all of those emotions, just as human beings, if we have not worked hard to regulate our emotions and control our reactions, that's where we are just on that slippery slope into being a hot mess. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And remember, this is a pattern and it takes two. And if one person changes the pattern, the pattern can no longer exist as it was. So there's a lot of power in raising your awareness and starting to make some behavioral changes. Yeah. So let's jump into it. Um, we, we know we we know that it doesn't look on the surface like high conflict, and yet it's very much high conflict. Can you just talk to that a little bit? And then we'll talk about the power and control before we move into strategies. Yeah, absolutely. It It is high conflict. And this is very hard for people who are experiencing this to understand. It's high conflict, but it's underground. Passive aggressive is not an oxymoron. It, it, it is possible to actually behave both ways at the same time. And that's where the confusion can start to happen with the other person. And so the person is not being cooperative if they're being passive aggressive. They are engaging in conflict with you and they are really trying to put as many roadblocks in the way as possible for the process to move along smoothly or cooperatively. So start to think about passive aggressiveness differently than perhaps you have and really think of it as another form of high conflict because a lot of the strategies that we talk about at Journey Beyond Divorce for how to manage a divorce that's high conflict are very applicable to passive aggressive behaviors as well. Absolutely. And again, you know, you'll, there's a, a straight out aggressive. If they're manipulative, you, you can see it, you can name it. Um, but that silent treatment, that shutting down, that kind of gaining control in, in the silence um, and manipulating from that 
perspective. I've had so many clients who are like, no, he or she is, you know, they're, they're soft spoken and they're not so confident. And I, you know, I don't understand why I'm having such a hard time because it definitely isn't high conflict. And yet what you're hearing is this undertone of such conflict going on. It's just a, it's a covert, it's a more subtle, it's a quieter um, approach. And what you're as, as the spouse of, you're going to naturally react to that. And again, if you haven't learned how to regulate, it would make perfect sense that you would, um, that you would be reactive, that you would yell or, or show your frustration or get really aggravated. And, and then what they do is they come back and they'll say, well, I don't know why you're getting so upset. And do you think you might calm down? This isn't good for the kids. And then they'll play on it and it'll become, and then you're all the more triggered. And so that trust in your gut, Rachel, I think that that's like foundational is to really begin to trust that if it feels off and it feels like the word cooperative and the actions aren't aligning, they're not aligning. I have a client who she actually sent me a, a video and she said, I could tell my spouse was seething and, um, and just with his eyes and facial expression doing certain things. And she didn't think anyone else would catch it. And she sent me a little clip of the video and it was really clear that this person was not this mellow, happy guy, but that there was something else going on. And so, uh, so, so knowing it and trusting it is one part. And then let's, let's, and, and, and it is, it's a power play right there. It's a different way of trying to gain power and control over you in the process. And when you react, you give up your control. And so we want to talk about how to feel empowered, how to hold on to your control and how to remain calm and responsive in the midst of this passive aggressive behavior. Yeah, I have an example um, to that point as well as I have a client who is in the process of going through mediation and it's all via zoom right now. And she can read between the lines with her husband who is acting very cooperatively, but she knows sort of the underlying narrative and what, and the manipulation that's going on. And, and it raises her stress level and it raises her resentment and it muddies her ability to think clearly. And then to top it off, every time they finish up a mediation session, he says at the end of the session with everyone present, how are you doing? I hope you're doing okay. How's your family? And she does not want to speak with him. And then he sends her a text and says, you keep saying you want to be cooperative and you want to do this amicably and 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 you won't you won't even have a conversation with me. So there's another prime example of a passive aggressive spouse and how confusing and upsetting it can be. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great example. And so I think we have to start with um being honest with yourself, with trusting your gut. And, and then once you know, it's like, okay, uh, I, 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 I'm scanning the recent past of my marriage. I'm looking at how the behavior is and, and standing firm. And I am dealing with an individual who has passive aggressive behavior. Just, just that. 
and accepting and accept it. it. Right. If yep. you try to then go back and say, hey, Billy, you're being passive aggressive. Jane, it would be so much better if you you might as well talk to the wall or bash your head against it. Um, that's not where you're going to find uh, any shift. The shift is going to happen inside of you. Are you emotionally overwhelmed, heartbroken, bitter, paralyzed by fear? In order to effectively navigate the significant decisions before you and skillfully master your life after divorce, you must attend to your emotional recovery. Our 12-step divorce recovery program is an emotional roadmap that guides you to feel clearer, stronger, and more in charge of yourself. Thousands have emerged transformed by the lessons, strategies, and tools our roadmap provides. Divorce will change your life. Enroll in the 12-step divorce recovery program today and ensure that the changes will be life-enhancing. Go to divorcerecoveryprogram.com to enroll. Let's talk a little bit about Rachel, what, what that looks like. So part of it is being realistic, right? And accepting it. What else do we have? So I just want to um, piggyback a little bit on that. The being real, realistic and accepting it. Often I hear from clients a frustration that they're quote unquote doing all the work and that they are gathering more of the financial information and, and their spouse won't move. It's okay, because remember, your end goal here is to get divorced, and you probably will need to do most, if not all, of the work of getting divorced and gathering information and coming up with settlement proposals, because they're not going to move the way that, that you want the divorce to move. And, and so let go of frustration that you're doing all the work. My guess is you were doing almost all the work in the marriage too. Right. And people tend to get divorced the way that they were married. So it's okay. You will get to the finish line by doing most of the work. That's what I say to my clients. And that's a big piece of the being realistic. Boundaries are really important here too, just like they are with high conflict um, you know, high conflict divorces where it's obvious that there's conflict, setting boundaries and adhering them, be very clear about articulating them. You don't need to defend them. Uh, avoid setting general boundaries, be super clear and very specific and give consequences if those boundaries are not adhered to or if deadlines are not adhered to. Right. And I think that, you know, we have a whole nother JBD team talks on boundaries, which uh, if you don't feel like you're skilled in that, because that's that's like a whole nother topic. Uh, you want to set boundaries. You want to be clear on what is and isn't acceptable to you. Uh, what 
what you don't want to do is keep going back to that passive aggressive person and telling them that they broke the boundary and they have to change. That's impotent. Like anytime you're trying to control him or her, you're in the wrong neighborhood. So you set a boundary. And then if the boundary needs to be upheld, you need to find a way to uphold it, like not picking up the phone or opening the door or reading the text or responding in the moment or whatever you need to do. But it has to be you changing your behavior in that setting of uh, boundaries. And I I have another client who um, same situation, passive aggressive spouse and um, part of it is if you're if you're drinking the Kool-Aid of the other person being the victim and you want to keep helping the other person while being frustrated, then then we're mixing in some other issues, maybe some uh, challenges with boundaries, some challenges with caretaking or codependence. And so you really want to get clear on your part. Where are you struggling? What are you having difficulty with? And and I'll just throw this out there right now. Our rapid relief call uh, is a great opportunity to to get on the phone with one of our coaches and really work that out. That's rapidreliefcall.com. So if you're listening and you're like, I just don't know how to do this, you know, go ahead and reach out for a call. Let's see if we can help you. Yeah, absolutely. We're all experienced with this, all the coaches. Don't take the bait, I think is such an important one. Um, it's they're, they're going to be fishing. They're going to be fishing in their very calm, um, passive way to get you uh, engaged. And so the more aware you are of what triggers you and what their, their patterns are and your counter patterns, the more you'll be able to catch yourself. And if you take the bait, and you realize halfway into the argument or the interaction that you took the bait, you're still further ahead. Just noticing, oh, I took the bait. That that's that's a step in the right direction. And if you keep paying attention, you'll stop biting and you'll just find a better and different way. Yeah, I, I work a lot with my clients with visuals and um, some of the visuals that my clients have come up with is the a fish swimming in the ocean and they notice that the bait is hanging off the fishing rod and they look at it and decide that's not appealing at all and they swim away or they take a little bite out of it and realize eh, it doesn't taste good at all and they spit it out and swim away if you've taken the bait and you need to reset a little bit. So visuals can really help. They can, they can help depersonalize some of this for you and they can help you become more aware and choose how to respond. Absolutely. And and the other tip that I would like to share is really about um, defending. I think uh, for me, I didn't know how to not defend myself. It's just like, what else could I do? And, and so even even if it's a soft criticism, right, that kind of passive aggressive way of coming at you, uh, rather than defending, you you notice and you explain. And so it it takes some real work. Uh, your first thought is that's not true. I didn't. I'm not whatever. But what you really want to do is say, um, 
is is explain the situation or point out a behavior. I notice every time we start talking about drop-offs and pickups with the kids, you 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 turn it and talk about something else. Let's talk about the drop-off and pickup and we can get back to my behavior later. Like there's ways where your job is to keep the focus on whatever the the dialogue is about and not get thrown off course because uh, they've accused you of something and now you're in defense and whatever the thing is that you want to talk about is out the window. So don't defend, um, stop defending as much as possible. Absolutely. And, you know, just as you were even describing um, responding that way, I, I got the sense of power, clarity and, and self-control uh, that that it gives you to be able to respond that way. You acknowledge that the other person wants to talk about your behavior, but you make it clear that's not the topic on the table right now. And 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 let's get back to the topic on the table. I love that. That was a beautiful example. Yeah. And so so we're giving you you want you want to be expecting and accepting of their behavior as it is, as you've known it. You want to. When you're accepting, then it's like you're not going to change him or her. You're just you're not crossing the street and starting to sweep their street and trying to change and fix them. That ship has sailed. You're looking at focusing inward. What? How am I triggered? Oh, my God, I have a headache or I'm upset or I'm feeling anxious. What's going on? What's my story? Um, how do I want to show up? And. And if you take the time to do that, you will begin to behave in different ways. Yes. Yes. And remember the golden rule, less is more. I had a session with a client the other day who wanted to respond to a text with about three paragraphs of response. And I challenged her and said, what, what do you really need to say? What do you really need to respond to? Be as discerning as possible and tell me in no more than one or two sentences, how you're going to respond. And it takes practice. It definitely yes. takes practice. Um, just catch yourself and, and try to limit your responses to the task at hand and be very, very clear and less is more. And Bill Eddy's Biff, brief, informative, firm, and friendly, uh, just Biff every communication you have and you will be doing yourself a big favor. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So for those of you facing and interacting with passive aggressive personalities, you're not crazy. Uh, there is aggression there. It is frustrating. Your feelings make sense. Acting on your feelings do not serve you. Um, take our tips and strategies, put them to work. If you're in our Facebook group, post a comment, let us know where you're challenged, where you're succeeding. If you're really struggling, go to rapidreliefcall.com and book a, a rapid relief call with one of our team members and we'll coach you on that. You can see the power of coaching and uh, any last tips before we say goodbye, Rachel? 
Well, just that this is, again, a wonderful opportunity to begin to change a pattern that you've been in and, and to begin to raise your self-awareness about what your part in this is and, be, and start to engage in new ways. And, and if you do that, it will shift the interaction for you. That's all you have control over. Beautiful. Great. So that's our tips on passive aggressive behavior. And we'll be back again real soon with another episode of JBD Team Talks. Until then, take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast. I hope you found guidance and encouragement to help you along your journey. If you like my podcast, please take a minute to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. You can also visit us at jbddivorcesupport.com, where our team of coaches support both men and women through our one-on-one coaching, group programs, online courses, and free resources. Stay tuned for our next episode, and I'll talk to you soon.